0: Warning, this podcast typically features spoilers and strong opinions. Proceed with caution. Hello, and welcome to Then a Moment, the podcast where two lifelong storytellers talk about stories. I'm Pavi Prochko, audiobook narrator, writer, and performer. And I am
1: Colin Funk, a childhood development expert and teaching artist.
0: And today we're going to be talking about Dungeons Dungeons and and Dragons. Dragons. Honor Among Thieves. Mm -hmm. The new movie came out. Yes. Um, And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the game too. But first, let's talk about our uh, moment of the week. Sure, let's do it.
1: Why don't you go first this Okay.
0: Um, I think my moment of the week, I was revisiting uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild. Oh uh and uh the new version like the sequel to the game is coming um very soon so i was i was uh familiarizing myself a little more uh and i was just noting how good the storytelling for it is where Mm. a lot of these kind of open world video games have these really grand stories that are um they it's easy to lose the thread uh, for what like the main plot is. And sure. I think Breath of the Wild does a really good job of keeping that thread really tight. But being able to discover all the parts of the story in whatever order you find them out. Because okay. it's kind of in these like flashes ah. of memories. But you're not guaranteed to find all the memories in the same order every time you play. So do you have
1: to find them all eventually? Is yes, that? you
0: okay. will have to find them all in order to like do the game. But it. I just thought it was really masterful.
1: Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Is there anything specific like,
0: no, I was just, I was going through the little, like, you can go back and like watch the little movies to like get the whole thing. Okay. Uh, and like watching it in order is different than watching it in the order that you found them. Cause you can watch them in chronological order, but you sure. might necessarily find them in chronological order and how to create a story that you're able to unfold each part of it, even though it's not chronological. It's just they really yeah, did you, a great I, job.
1: I'm trying to I'm trying to visualize it. Can you give me an example? I because I have, sure I have not played.
0: Uh, so um, part of the plot is that Link has uh, he there was a war a hundred years ago. He was gravely wounded, uh, and uh, has been regenerating for the past hundred years. And he wakes up with no memory of what's going on. So he wakes up and now Hyrule is like ruled by all these monsters, and he has to go find out about what happened 100 years ago okay. in order to figure out how to defeat Calamity Ganon, right? So uh, he finds out eventually that there are all these places in the world that he has to find where an important event happened okay. 100 years ago. And so every time you find those places, you get there um, and then you watch this flashback about like it, it, he receives the memory of what happened. So. Um, and they're scattered all over the world. So depending on how you find them, what order you find them in, because some of them are easier to find than others, Uh you get these pictures of like landscape that looks different, the details of it. But they, um, so when I first played it, uh, the first scene I saw was Princess Zelda failing to ignite her power. And then the second scene I found was one where Princess Zelda is very annoyed with Link, where it's like the beginning of their relationship. Mm. Whereas the first one I found was like, she's like in the all is lost moment where she's like, I'm not gonna be able to defeat Ganon. And she comes and finds Link and every and the other heroes are there. And I'm like, who are all these other heroes that are around? I don't even know who they are. Mm. And then the, the second scene I see is just Link coming and bothering Zelda and Zelda being like, what are you bothering me for? Um, and then it unfolds from there where you get to like meet all the different heroes and they come in and have different roles, uh, but it's all in a different chronological order. So kind of how it just kind of blossoms this this story. Interesting. No matter what order you watch them in. Very I think it's really interesting. But
1: because they're starting from, this is what happened, how did we get here? It's kind of like, like the, the dark crystal
0: thing or the, yeah. the Mulan. Yeah, Rouge. Yeah, kinda, exactly, yeah. Well, we see the end because we're a hundred years later. How do we get here? Now we're just seeing, finding those, how we got here uh, little by little. That's really interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, what about you?
1: Um, Well, I kind of speed-binged Welcome to Chippendales, Mm. that little fictional docu-series with um, Kumail,
0: last mm, <laughs> good, good sure 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 uh cut that out <laughs> welcome to chippendales it's you said it was fictional
1: yeah it is it is a fictionalized
0: oh, oh series but is it about like the real people yes uh kumail nanjani nanjani nanjani
1: okay so i watched uh welcome to chippendales oh cool did a little binge watch welcome to chippendales um with kumail nanjani i'm very good at that name (laughs) um and it was very interesting so it it retells the story like the real life story of the the man who um started chippendales and there's a whole lot of Controversy tied in, there's there's murders and there's arson and there's like crazy things that happen along the way in building this uh, nightclub first in LA and then expanded to New York. Anyway, the cast is really incredible. I was surprised, but um, I thought, Particularly, I was interested in um, both Annalie Ashford, who you just saw. I did. I just in, saw Annalee um, Ashford. In Sweeney Oops. Todd in New York. Yep. Um, and Juliette Lewis, who has been around, you know, forever. Yeah. Um, but just, like, to see her still kicking and she's awesome. Um, but there's, there's just so many really great moments that just, like, give all the actors that they're just like, okay, You're gonna act now, like you could, (laughs) like you could tell, like these, uh, like there's a a moment where uh, Juliet Lewis's love interest, who's you know a very important person in the in the show, um, uh, he spoiler alert he dies, Um, uh, but but she she comes back and is like knocking on the door and is just like given. Uh, his name was. They called him Steve. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Kumail's character in uh, in the show, just like yelling at him through the the. Um, I think that scene was my favorite. The whole the thing. The gate. Yeah. Because it was, it was uh, one
0: of the few parts that I actually caught oh, while you, you saw, were watching. Yeah. It. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. She's just like yelling at him and so upset. Um, they come and um, him and Emily Ashford, who plays his wife, come and try to like calm her down, and then. Um, like they have a great relationship that they built between them, Juliet Lewis and Annalie Ashford's characters. Um, so they were able to kind of calm her down, but Juliet Lewis was like still so mad at both of them. And then they go back, and then Annalie Ashford like has this moment where she like she while she was like calming Juliet Lewis down, she like has her suspicions and she's just like very um Talented accountant in the show, yeah. and like calls him out on like there's there's fifteen thousand dollars missing, so there's something
0: yeah that maybe he was complicit maybe he was involved um, and yeah
1: um and calls him out and that has this like really great moment of like being so f- like finally getting pushed past her breaking point because he's done a lot of shady things, she's been involved with a lot of shady things yeah, but like this moment she's like nope that's too much that's too far right I'm done I gotta go. Um, and in a way that's like they didn't make it that Kumail's character was like really trying to like scare or intimidate her to stay yeah. because he really like she was the only thing he like really cared about, um, which I thought was very, very interesting. I think huh. Kumail Nanjani is incredible in it and his acting and the, especially that one scene I thought was really brilliant and got to show off all of their skills.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. That's very great. Cool. cool. Fun. All right. Let's uh, get into the story, shall get into we? The story Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Yes. I believe uh, it's your turn to do the synopsis. Honor Among Thieves.
1: It is about these two party members, Edgin and Holga. They're in jail for trying to steal a tablet of resurrection to bring Edgin's wife back to life. Um, But they end up appealing their case and escaping out of jail to uh, reunite with Edgin's daughter Kira and get back that uh, tablet of resurrection just to find that their former party members, Forge, is working with uh, the evil red wizard Sophina Um, and they have been lying to Kira and they're going to keep this tablet for themselves try to execute them but they escape again they have to figure out a way to sneak back in to steal the relic um so they they hook up with some more party members uh simon a sorcerer who's bad at magic and a friend of his a doric uh tiefling druid whose homeland is getting destroyed uh by the the big city so she wants to help out and they have to figure out a way to break into the city, which they eventually do, find out that Tablet's not where it's supposed to be, and instead they have to fight in this big battle to uh, escape with their lives and with Kira, just to realize that the evil Red Wizard is doing even bigger and worse things, and they go back, save the whole town, and everyone's happy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, very good. Um, wonderful. Yeah. Um, what did we know going in? Of course, we've already talked a little bit about, uh, knowing a bit about Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I am a dungeon master, uh, for a few games. I sometimes Mm -hmm. do it professionally, uh, during the pandemic when it was the only thing that we were able to do, I was running like 11 games at Mm -hmm. once. Um, and so we've got, we've got a bit of play under our belts. Um, both play
1: both. We've both played. Mm Mm-hmm. A number of times you've you've run games. A number of times you started an adventurers league. I
0: did start an adventurers league um, here in Chicago, um, and uh, uh, I we have a quite a bit of experience in right. in Dungeons and Dragons, and I've have a lot of experience dungeon mastering,
1: playing the game, playing different campaigns. We both have done a lot of research on the world and different classes and characters, mm-hmm. and um, I've um, for a while I was reading the. Um, the the drizzed books and yep. that's a a series also set in forgotten realms um and so i was very familiar with the uh, the world in general yeah um, and some stories that have been there so we we knew about a bit about the world but we didn't know anything about this actual movie I, I no knew i didn't know anything about at all. the story <laughs> um i didn't even know Really, like, I know who Chris Pine is, and <laughs> I'd heard of Michelle Rodriguez. But, like, I, there's a couple of actors that I'm like, okay, I recognize them, but they weren't even, like,
0: yeah, on, on so your mind. Like Hugh Grant, obviously. I'm yeah, like, Hugh, obviously Hugh Grant's in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's my favorite uh, casting. Um, I guess we should save that for the superlatives. But uh, the – um, I knew, too, that there was a movie in 2000. Oh, yes, there was. Uh, an old movie st- also with, like, a star-studded cast with the uh, – uh Jeremy Irons and um uh, uh Marlon Wayans mm. um and it was not good no uh and we'll talk about that um but it, it was really terrible um there also was an old 80s TV show like a cartoon oh yes i did um, know that as well yeah which um spoiler alert there's some easter eggs in the movie uh Oh. With them, actually. Uh, Which is interesting. I don't know that either. Um, I've never seen that. But I do know that existed. I never watched any of it. But I do know that that show existed. Uh, So beyond that, we went in kind of blind.
1: Yeah. I mean, and and one of the interesting things we went in, we knew... I had never seen the original Dungeons & Dragons movie. But I did know that it wasn't particularly popular. And it didn't particularly use the device of dungeons and dragons in a in an interesting way it, it i from what i understand it was much more um generic high fantasy than it was a dungeons and dragons yes movie.
0: yeah i think i would agree with that for sure yeah the dragons didn't have personalities they were basically just animals um it wasn't in a recognizable world not that mm-hmm. i remember yeah
1: right and so the the hope going in for me, at least, was l- let's hope this is this is because of this like new boom in in popularity in Dungeons and Dragons because of Stranger Things because of uh, the pandemic and hmm. how easy it is to play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, the fifth over edition. Zoom. Yeah. Oh, in the definitely, fifth edition, that's right. Yeah. Um, because of all those things, I think. It made more sense to actually take a take the movie and and inject as much of the game into it to to kind of appeal to the the general public or yeah. at least the fan base, maybe not the general public, but in saying that, meaning that a lot of the general public is now it's it's more part of the zeitgeist. To know at least a little bit about dungeons and dragons right
0: and it's uh the editions if you don't know there are have been several editions of dungeons and dragons since the 70s when it was created and this most recent iteration uh maybe came out in like 2012 maybe it's it's pretty old now which is why they're moving on to dn1 D and that's uh, for another time but um really leans heavily on the storytelling element the yes. collaborative storytelling part of the game yeah. so it actually i think to your point it's a, kind of the perfect time to do a movie because sure. it, the game itself is structured basically so that you can play your own high fantasy action movie right right and so now you've got the the art forms the mediums are really kind of like melding together
1: so at first at first glance what would you what would you say would you say that uh the the new movie was an improvement?
0: Yes. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. All in all, I loved the movie. I thought it was really great. Yeah. I thought, I it, thought was it was super great. fun and it was super funny, uh and uh it was written really well. Um and then I think what I appreciated versus the first one in 2000 was that addition of um little kind of easter eggs mm-hmm. of it yeah. of the gameplay. If you don't know how to play the game you don't know anything about dungeon Dragons. it's okay you'll like it anyway it's enjoyable regardless but if you do know the game you'll see how current gameplay uh has influenced the story yeah well let's talk about that a little bit yeah. so um in
1: i was very curious to see how they would take something that that it, it involves rolling dice and 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 chances and um mm-hmm. And and gameplay and choices and and characters feelings and opinions kind of clouding or or not clouding but uh, directing where the story is going right um and I was very curious how that would read in a movie that didn't involve the players so right. it wasn't from it wasn't a movie that looked at people playing the game it it was as if we were in the
0: game right what is how can we storify or like make the uh the the game elements into story elements how does it actually like meld like that yeah um uh i think one for examples like right at the very beginning when we have the i think this very um,
1: beginning is a real like it gets Mm. to it
0: right right Mm -hmm, away where we've got uh, Edgin and we've got Holga they're trying to appeal to get released from their uh, prison sentence early mm-hmm. um, and they're waiting for like this judge to come who's an Coker with wings and they're for whatever reason is saying I want to wait for him but he's telling a story and they're going <laughs> to appeal and do all this stuff um, and it's just so interesting to have kind of those conflicts of like well this is actually what he wants what he's waiting for it's what um, how convincing are they? Uh, yeah. you know, did, did it actually work their appeal? Did it work? Well, we find out that it actually did work. They did actually win a earlier release, but they didn't trust it. And it's just so much like an actual Dungeons and Dragons game where the, the dungeon master is like, okay, all you need to do is roll a good persuasion check and they roll a good persuasion check, but the players don't trust it. Mm -hmm. It was good enough, right? But they don't know. They don't know what the Dungeon Master has planned. So instead, when the Aarakoker comes in, Edgen grabs him. They jump out the window and survive the fall um, out of this tower. And it's just like, it's just the classic players throwing a wrench into what the Dungeon Master has planned.
1: Yeah, and I think they do that. In a couple different ways. I mean, like you said, the um, Edgins character, the the judges keep being like, "Okay, we're ready to go. We, it's time to go." And he keeps being like, "Oh, I want it to happen like this." Yeah. And that is something that players often do all the time to dungeon masters, where they're like, "Oh, can we do it like this instead?" And the dungeon masters
0: be like, "No, No. that's not what is happening. (laughs) So continue. So you have to do it like this."
1: it, it, it was like really, it was fun to see this like, struggle. they like build it in a couple times throughout the movie where there's like a struggle on yeah. like, all you have to do to get out of this is, like you said, roll your persuasion yeah. check. You have to just be persuasive and you'll be able to get out of here. Right. It's a pretty simple, we're starting off the thing. This is not a, this is not a big, hard task to do. You just got to convince them. Right. to get
0: out i mean sometimes i'll even have things as a dungeon master where it's like all you need to do is roll to make sure you don't roll a one like you just have to not critically fail in order to get the make this happen and players will be like
1: um i want to do something else yeah and they're, they're like, just like
0: i'm gonna do just, something that's not designed it's like okay fine <laughs>
1: like they get in their head they have this like pre-made plan because they're talking about it they're like oh we can't wait um because this character this Eric Coker character, he's now on the board. He's now on the council. Right. So because he's there, I'm sure we'll win. You know, setting us up to be like, okay, you know he will listen to your appeal. Like right. You know right. he's on our
0: side. He'll yeah. he'll like us. And they really just want to um, use his wings. But their
1: plan, just like they're like, ooh, we're so clever. Yeah. We're gonna just push him out the window because he we know he he can get us out the tower because right. he's an eagle. Right. And he can land us safely. And because they have that in their brain, they don't even consider how well their persuasive skills are working, even though another thing that they do is they, they really, without, uh, you know, telling us to our face a lot of the time, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Um, like each character has a very clear class. Yeah. So in Dungeons and Dragons, when you play, you, you choose a character, you usually choose a race, a class. And some other features along with that, but those are the two main ones. And so each of the each of the classes would be something that they that they do. Something like either they um, they are a fight heavy character or a magic heavy
0: character. Um, yeah, like what abilities they have to let them interact with the world. Yeah, yeah. it's
1: kind of job, kind of what they yeah what they're, like what they're specialized type, at, what, yeah. they're, what they're good at, what their um, what their abilities are. Like you yes. said. Um, And so that's very important in the games, obviously. And so each of these characters, like uh, Edgin, is clearly a bard. And that's a very simple way of showing that because a bard... Plays music and yeah. tells stories. So he has like this
0: lyre that he carries with him or a mm-hmm. lute or whatever. Whatever it is. Um, and he is persuasive. He's the idea guy he's through the persuasive. whole thing. And he's the, he's a jack of all trades, yeah.
1: but master of – he's not like particularly good at one specific thing. Right. And they even make a joke. They're like, what do you do? What is your specialty? <laughs> and that is – again, it's like an Easter egg because yeah. any D&D player is like – what does a bard do? Yeah. Like, what is it? It's like a really like good, just kind
0: at. of like do everything, but nothing particularly well, except for convince people. Usually. I think bards
1: are either really easy to play. Cause you can kind of do whatever, or they're really hard to play because you, you're not really specialized in something yeah. specific. So it was like very fun that they gave like a little nod to that. Yeah. in the way that that character um, shows up and, and they're like, what are you doing? Like, but, you know, he's the idea guy. He gets everyone together, um, which is easier, I think, even in a movie than it is in gameplay yeah. to show why this is helpful. Right. Um, and, side note, I think the movie does a really great job at showing how you use different classes in a campaign.
0: Yeah. It's and like how- a, it's almost uh, instructional for players. Yeah. It's actually the, 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 Characters in the movie behave how good players should behave. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But the point is,
1: uh, Edgin is a is a bard, so he has a bard is has a high charisma, which means he has high persuasive skills. He could have easily persuaded himself out of the situation, and chose another tactic, and succeeded at this other tactic, which is. Another very fun thing about Dungeons & Dragons, there's not one way to win anything or to right. do anything. And even when you fail something, you don't fail and lose. Something is changed yeah, in the it story. it moves the
0: story forward.
1: So if they had just appealed and gotten out of jail, well, then they wouldn't have been uh, – now, because they've escaped, now they're being followed by law enforcement. Right now, there's wanted signs. Now, when they get to Neverwinter, are they um, already
0: know that they've escaped? They've
1: escaped. So Forge has uh, his his former, the the guy running Neverwinter, who's got his daughter, now has uh, a proof that he's lying to them, and right. that he's 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 this bad awful person that he can convince kira his daughter that he's not there for the right reasons because he's
0: right it's the consequences element a really good dungeon master will bring in all of the things that the players have done and all the decisions and make sure that they have reverberating effects Uh, you can always bring it back Prime example is even with the arakokra that they leap out this window. By the end, when Forge is now in jail and he's trying to get his own appeal and it's rejected, he tries to do the same thing. He grabs mm-hmm. the arakokra and tries to jump out the window, but the window's not there anymore. Yeah, they blocked <laughs> so it, it just, off. So they blocked it off because the dungeon master of the movie is like, that's not gonna happen again. <laughs> I'm not gonna let you do that. Exactly. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, because they, we wanna see the consequences of the choices. And that's right. The the prime storytelling engine of Dungeons and Dragons, mm-hmm. is that we have choices presented to us, we make decisions, and then those have effects as we go. Right.
1: So, I mean, using that kind of gameplay as as kind of fuel for for story can be really effective yeah um and i think i i am also very you know caught like going into this i was also curious whether or not they'd fall into some pitfalls of using some of that gameplay um as um kind of like a really loose story. Yeah. I, what I I've I've listened to there's there's so many podcasts out there where they are playing Dungeons and Dragons games. It's it's players around a table playing a game and they're building the story as they go. Yeah. That some of them are great. Some of them are are not that they're not great, wow. but if we if we look at them just pure um purely If we're just purely looking at the storytelling element yeah sometimes the gameplay gets in the way right where people aren't doing things necessarily based on how they think the story should be propelled sometimes they do it based on what they think would be cool for their character to do right then right or they want to mess something up or throw a wrench in things and and so we're seeing a lot of
0: People goofing around a lot instead yeah. of instead of m- aiming toward a, a similar end. I'm playing this game. I'm I'm actually the, the uh, a main character in this story, and I want this story to move forward. Right. And there's a there's like a, you know a constellation of choices you can make that makes sense there, but a lot of times um, those like these live play podcasts where there's yeah. a lot of anachronisms or people making jokes and it's clearly fun for the people who are in the room. But for right. us listening, it's gonna be a four hour uh, podcast listening to people joke around and I'm not actually that interested and I don't think it's that funny because I'm not there. Right. And I just wanted to know more about that world. Want to know right. more about that story.
1: Yeah, and it's hard as a dungeon master to do that in in a game, but we're talking about a movie version of a game. Right. so what i was looking for one of the things is like whether or not they'd fall into some of those traps yeah um but i don't there's a couple moments that we could talk about those in a bit where i think that they use you know devices from dungeons and dragons and they're not as believable as story elements and they feel almost convenient um in a way that like you can roll the dice and if you roll well something good will happen. Yeah. It, it it doesn't have to be there's no more earning than that in a in a Dungeons and Dragons game. Yeah. If you roll well, you win. Right. You you succeed. Yeah. You don't win necessarily, but you succeed at that thing. Um and there's a couple of moments where that kind of happens and I'm and I you know, don't necessarily like if you're not a Dungeons and Dragons person maybe I think you you'd be like, I don't know if I <laughs> i don't know if i buy it yeah um it well, is I, it is fun to watch as someone who plays and be like i can see like the things that happen there are times where you're like ah that person rolled well that person rolled yeah. poorly. Well, I, I they they do it they do that well but the one thing i think they really leaned into that actually worked really well is they really stuck to archetypes yeah and they had a very clear um Player character versus NPC setup. Yeah, where the, and I think that was really because it was so. And I'll, you know, we can break that down sure. in a second. But um, I think because they kept it so simple, it allowed the story to progress in a way that made sense in a in a narrative structure. Right. Yeah. Because they they stuck kind of to the. Um, Kind of like the core of what these characters would do, and not like they didn't leave it so much up to to a player's whims in the in the times that were important, right? Where like they did it a little bit at the beginning, like we said in the setup scene, but mostly the bard did things that make sense for the bard. The wizard used magic. Oh, uh, the the druid was a. Um, was a wild shape, which mm-hmm. meant they can turn into animals. That's like a very um, common druid type that that's what their main feature is. They are, they, they turn into animals yeah. and um, that's what they use in gathering information, in, in fighting. fighting and, in yeah. Every part of uh, their their journey, they're using that skill as their foremost skill. I've played with a lot of people that want to do everything and all the things and they're trying to like be as creative and cool instead of like, okay, well, we're oh. in a battle and I'm, I got to turn into my most powerful animal.
0: Yeah. You're the, you're the barbarian. You need to go in and just smash heads. Don't do something clever. Just go yeah. in and do the thing that you're good at.
1: Holga the barbarian. The Holga the barbarian did smashed. that. That's all she did. Smash she and went go. and
0: smashed people.
1: There were times in battles where the fighters fought and the people who weren't Particular good fighters kind of sat back and waited. Yeah, and that is something that is really hard to do in a game. Yeah, but makes sense and and helps tell the story. Right. Um. In the in a movie. Yeah. In a movie setting. For sure. If if it's like that's why we say it's like really informative of how we think people should play. Absolutely. Uh, because if you're sticking to those things, you do drive the story. You like you, it doesn't have to you don't all have to be perfect at fighting. That's kind of the point. You're building a party that is diverse so that in different things, different people have different skills.
0: Right. And
1: they do it really well. Yeah, and I think
0: that that's a place where the movie's strength really comes through, where... Something that's occurred to me about, I was watching the the Ginny D video uh, about the original, about the, original uh, yeah. uh, the first, the 2000 um, movie, and she says something really interesting. If you don't know Ginny D, she's great. Um, Dungeon Master uh, advice and oh. player advice. Nice. Really excellent. She's like a cosplayer, sure. um, but really, really good. Um, DM tips and tricks on YouTube. Nice. Uh, but she did a little review, and she pointed out that the 2000 movie had one main character. Everybody else was kind of like a side character. Ooh, okay. And something that this movie does really well is that you have the party. Yeah, there's like a main character. I guess Edgin would be yeah, the yeah, main yeah. character. But when you have the party come in, you've also got Holga. You've, I mean, they really all are as an entity. Once they get together, they're the hero collectively. Yes. And that makes it really interesting when you have in NPC type character, a non-player character, yes. like the Paladin Zenk comes in and we're thinking, "Oh, he's just going to be another part of the team." But he's like so different personality-wise. Everybody's so pithy and funny. Mm-hmm. He comes in and he's very, very stiff. He talks like he has all this information. Yes. He talks like he's like uh like he, he you has ask him exposition the and he has the answer.
1: It's like you're playing a video game yeah. you're walking up and they're like yes, this is the answer I have.
0: Right. Or, or I need your help. And he says, no, I'm not going to help you. I've, I've forsaken that part of my life. And you say the right thing. Yes. <laughs> you clicked the correct little option. Yeah. Uh, and then he's like, aha, you've said the right words in the right order. Come follow me. I will help you now. Um, and he has no sense of humor. He even like, there's this hilarious scene where it's like walking away after they've like parted ways mm-hmm. after their mission's done. And he's walking away in a straight line and they're like, wow. Oh he does walk in a straight line doesn't he Oh you think he's going to move around there oh there's a big there's a big boulder coming oh is he going to go around it oh <laughs> nope he just goes right over it <laughs> and He just, just like goes over and over his, the just walks right over the boulder just doesn't change his direction at all yeah. and it's like very clearly supposed to be this non-player character Yep uh, and there are others too like um, the bad guy Sofina is, Sofina
1: Sofina's is also very one-dimensional, very
0: one-dimensional. Yeah. But like
1: they do that so well they're not that like, I, I think it is pretty common. It makes sense, like we, we we want all of our, all the characters in our movie to be really deep and really uh, fleshed out. Yeah. And uh, we wanna feel like everyone has this like deep backstory and there's really
0: strong reasons and conflicts within them. But it actually just gets in the way in the end. It gets in the way a lot. And that's uh, that might be a lesson for Dungeon Masters, in fact. It's oh, like, sure. Make the motivations a bit simpler uh, yeah. because you just, it's going to get too much when you're like, oh, but are they good or are they bad? We're going to give them the complicated backstory. No. Now you're confusing all your players. I do it all the time <laughs> with my yes, players that do. they're like, but is he good or bad? I don't know. Like really just simplify it. Yeah. Make them bad if they're bad. Make them good if they're good and have a lot of information and just let them do the thing. Because the stars, the people who are supposed to be complex with lots of conflicts, are the players. The Mm, player characters are the ones that get to be in on the joke. They're the ones that get to change and make really difficult decisions and have conflicts in their past. Um, Yeah, they all have these
1: these rich backstories i think that's hilarious i think the use of backstories in this one again a nod to playing dungeons and dragons because every every player wants to come up and be like i have this whole big backstory and sometimes it makes a difference and sometimes it doesn't like there's a in the movie i love how they do uh holga's character where she has this backstory where she used to be married to a halfling (laughs) and she just like they're like going through his town and she's like i gotta go talk to My ex, Uh, is that Bradley Cooper, right? Yeah,
0: it was so weird,
1: Bradley Cooper.
0: I was like, "Is that
1: who?" I think does a
0: has a great performance. It's a great job. I think that scene is excellent. It's really, really nice because it just ends up rather than being like a a jilted lover yelling at her uh, ex, it's like they sit down and have like a really heartfelt conversation, and she gets an object that becomes very important later.
1: It's it feels so much to me like the the dungeon master was like okay we did this thing you had this like really great interaction you used your like you she like holga never is very charismatic right n- but like has this relationship that they build in the backstory and the and the dungeon master was like you know what that was a nice little interaction you get inspiration
0: you get, a thing. You get an <laughs> You get inspiration here's a wall here's a thing and then I love how another thing that works really well, it's it's another instance of like the players kind of like throwing a wrench into the gears where they're like in the Underdark and they're oh gonna go find goodness. this helmet thing with Zenk and Zenk is explaining the very, very detailed puzzle that the dungeon oh. master has just set up about how to get across very the bridge. Very NPC, and it's, very D&D, these like and puzzles. And it's like someone's and... very clever, put it together yes. and then Simon the sorcerer doesn't realize that where the bridge begins, steps on a thing and it's the and wrong it thing the, and it destroys the whole thing. <laughs> it's just like all of that explanation, all that work, that puzzle is destroyed and gone. And, and then, then they're like, oh we we accidentally have this
1: overpowered magic item. Yes,
0: where it's like it's like, oh, the dungeon master's like, uh I guess that wand you got <laughs> that's been in, you know, that's a wand that's of, a, of that, teleportation. Yeah that staff uh, is a wand. Now (laughs) that will help you do the thing because I mean, and that's like some good DMing where it's like quick, you know, I'm like, I'm going to give you a treasure and we're not sure what it is yet. We're just good. It's just going to be an heirloom and it's going to have treasure on it. They made it
1: very clear that this is like this is an important object yeah. you don't know what it is right. yet i don't know it's like very it's really fun well done but, the but s- they're using them as these story points they're yes. not it's not just again it doesn't feel disorganized it doesn't feel sloppy it's like these complications that would happen in any story yeah are really
0: fleshed out it's and very re- funny to people who aren't players and the people who are players see it and we're like Wow. <laughs> Good DM or they rolled they rolled really well on that. I mean even there's like a the gelatinous cube moment uh, where it's like jumping into a gelatinous cube and people being able to get out of it. It's like no one jumps into a gelatinous cube in the game. If you've ever played the game, you know the gelatinous cube is you death. You don't want you to don't do that. People do in the sh- on in the movie. Yes, for sure. In the movie they do it because it's like the only way to escape is going to be this thing. This this plan they have and it's just like well that's a suicide mission unless you rolled a 20 unless you rolled really really well and it's like you see the characters in the movie has have rolled really well it's like this amazing feat
1: or it's like this druid player who's like i i have this really cool idea really cool idea i'm gonna be a snake and swim out of it because i have a swimming speed yeah and like can move through this kind of material and the that might not be something written in about that character right. or for what snakes can do. But rule but of the cool, DM, the DM might be like, "That's so cool! I want to make it work." Yeah. So roll. Let's see if it. Let's see if it works. Yeah, and let's it try obviously to it does. Happen. Yeah, because that—that's why we love those the those moments in those movies and any sort of fantasy movie is when the the main characters come up with a creative solution. It's not just yeah. like the skills they've been using, using over and over again, right. but they find some creative way out of their problems. Right.
0: We don't want to just kamehameha our way out of everything. <laughs> Dragon Ball Z reference for all that. you fans out there. <laughs> really mixing it up i Yeah, I'm mixing it up today. Jeez. Um, so uh, anything else work that you want to talk about? I mean, I mean, so much worked. I really did like it a lot. Um,
1: yeah, I, I, guess, guess we're, I mean, so we don't have to exhaust that. Nah. Uh, what didn't work? You know, not very mu- Well, okay. The thing is, this movie doesn't take itself seriously. It's yeah.
0: clearly a comedy. I think, in fact, that's, that's a bit of its strength because in the, versus the 2000 movie, which kind of did take itself pretty yeah. seriously and it just ended up being cheesy and stupid. Here, it was very self-aware what right. it was doing.
1: Yeah, I would say there's a couple of moments that because of the way they structured it, they didn't have a full fully fleshed out um I don't know, story arc, I guess. You would say um the the Simon has to get attuned to this. Yeah. Um magical object and we you know we've talked it like they, they set it up at the beginning that simon's not a very good magician um sorcerer he, <laughs> yes that's a that is a particular kind of magician yes. sure magic user yeah he's sure. not very good at it yet. yeah i sure. assume i'm like he's just low man. level yeah um which i think is Again, clever and a little bit of a nod. But he goes through this series of trying to attune with this uh, magical... Helmet. Thing. Helmet. And then he comes face to face with an image of his grandfather, who great shared great-grandfather his great-grandfather or, or something. Yeah, something. just
0: like a descendant. He's a descendant of this great wizard.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think there's this, like, inner conflict with him and why he's not... I don't know. I, I, I felt... They, they brought it up a couple times and then resolved it. And it felt a little quick.
0: It felt a little rushed. I think that's true of the whole movie. There's just okay. like a lot of story that they have sure. packed in. and honestly did pretty well and kept it really light it and it moves really fast. But sometimes it's like breakneck speed where we are like really moving and really so much happened. It could have been a series. It could have been it a series been. of like, it's a comedy make it half hour, right? It's a series. It's eight episodes in a season, half hour episodes. We could have lived a little bit longer in sure. there. We could have justified some of We have like some really short flashbacks that, that end up, trying to be the emotional heart of the movie. And it's successful to a point, but I don't actually feel anything watching it. It's just kind of like, oh, he needs to let go of his wife. So they do this whole flashback about seeing his wife and there's a a dragonfly and I need to let her go. You need to let it go, don't kill it, let it go. And I get what you're trying to do, but you don't earn it that way. Uh, because it's just yeah. too fast.
1: The pacing, I would say, overall was too fast. And it's hard as somebody who who likes D&D and was very, um, you know, tickled by all the references and yeah. all the Easter eggs. So a lot of that I was able to forgive. So it's hard for me to kind of like take myself out of that. But yeah. if I'm watching this without any, you know, like what what would I be like? Right. what doesn't work because they're trying like because they're like you said they're trying to get each of the party to have their kind of their full story arc yeah um the pacing is super
0: fast well in that i think i wonder if they had lengthened any of it if they had made it say a series uh-huh. would it not have been fast enough to make any of the humor make sense we would have just sure. had another Lord of the Rings well, or made, another Game well, of Thrones, Sure. Um, and well, it's just the the speed is what makes the comedy work.
1: And I'm wondering again; it feels like it does a thing where it feels like like a one shot. This is like this yeah. first time, which is you know the first the first time a new player plays Dungeons <laughs> and Dragons playing and a one shot. We're gonna
0: get exploration. We're gonna get we social. We we're gonna get all, get all the pieces battle. of it, and
1: yeah. we we. We have all of these fun, different things that that like resolve really nicely and not that difficultly. Because like, maybe
0: they won't come back next time to play.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that's what it feels like. They're yeah. they're making this movie. It feels like almost an experiment. Like, oh, is this gonna be something fun? Right. Can we can we expand this world? Can we expand this particular story? Right. Can we expand this party into multiple movies? Of course they wanna do that. Of, of course. course, yeah. Why wouldn't they wanna make more money? That's right. If you can turn anything into a series, that's how you make money. Right. Um and instead of doing the thing where they're like, ooh, we get this far. What happens next? They they do give a little bit
0: like, ooh, yeah, there's what can things could next. There's, there's a lot of like not loose ends per se, but it's just like no. we've opened up a lot of things. We've seen Different factions. We yeah. know about the Harpers. We've seen factions like the Emerald Enclave. We know that um, Never okay. Ember is back in power in Neverwinter. We've heard about the the uh, uh, nobles from um, Waterdeep and Baldur's Gate are dead because they succumbed to the magic. Like so, there's the thing, there's yeah. stuff that yeah. happened and we, of course the fans like we have yes. the wizards of they are trying to like spread their influence all over the world so yeah, they there's here, a lot but that's of not the, that's certainly not the only right there's a lot of story wizard. hooks yeah. that they could absolutely bring forward so it's yes. it's a very good first adventure where it's like we have a uh, this nice tidy little very classic adventure with really archetypal uh allies and villains and our heroes do this really difficult thing mm-hmm. and really bond and now do you want to come back? And,
1: and I think, as like kind of a fun, easy, um, comedic movie, it's nice. It's an easy watch. In terms of feeling satisfied by the story itself, yeah. I think it's it does lack in that like in the substance. They yeah. they they kind of rush through it a little bit, yeah. and and I I could have watched. Like
0: a movie for each of the characters, yeah. or whatever that, and maybe that they tied together. Now, and maybe who knows? Yeah. Um, Still, I think I would. I'd see it again soon. Yeah. Oh yeah, I would see it again now. Right now, it's not like a thing. Oh, oh, wait a minute. I would know. I would, no, I would love to see it again. I think Great it was fun. so fun. I
1: think there's probably more to yeah. to catch too. That's the other thing.
0: As again, as
1: a Dungeons and Dragons player, there's a lot of little things, and I'm yeah. sure I didn't catch them all.
0: Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, So let's move on to our superlatives. Let's do it. All right.
1: So we start with our Oscar moment. Oscar moment. Hmm. Oh, wait, I know mine. Okay. Going back to uh, the design team, Mm. what I was really happy to see was puppets. That's what I was going to say, puppets. They used puppets in the movie, big, full, Creature costume puppets of
0: like Dragonborns, dragonborn, Dragon dragonborn people. Absolutely, oh, so cool. Different creatures, mm-hmm.
1: and it wasn't. There was obviously some CGI, yeah, but it it, it felt like the uh, a really good balance of of things. I something that I you know go back to over and over again. Too much CGI just doesn't feel real. Yeah, it gets into that uncanny valley, and it just like you can't, it, you you don't you don't get sucked in in the same way yeah. to a movie. And it was, when,
0: a, it was a problem with the first Dungeons & Dragons movie that there was a sure. lot of this, like, really, it was 2000, so 2000, was like, bad thousand, CGI, like including, uh, Ginny D pointed this out, but there's, like, this whole scene where there's, like, dragon's blood starts pouring over these, like, this, this staircase, and it's, like, that's, like, one of the easiest things to make if you're, like, an effects person in a movie. Yeah. Like, you do blood effects blood that's is so easy but instead easy. they did like this cgi, CGI. like blood going down and it looks so stupid oh my always, gosh
1: always do it real and then enhance if you need to yeah if you need it to look a little different just enhance with cgi go
0: the route of dark crystal age of resistance <laughs> or just the that, original dark crystal those puppets those they puppets work so well puppets really do
1: They, they keep it, they feel more real. They really bring, puppets are magic. I think there's something too
0: about the puppets that um, made me feel like it attached it to like the dice rolls for some reason. Dungeons and Dragons is played with (laughs) a set of dice. (laughs) And oftentimes with minis. And there's just something about the fact of having Having... actual tangible puppets that wasn't digital made yes. it tabletop, it made it feel I homey okay. and um, just, it was real intangible. Yeah, um,
1: which is, which I mean, as you know, we played a lot over Zoom yeah. and there's, you know, D&D Beyond, sure. the website, you can, it's very easy. It's, I use my, that's where I get my yeah. character sheets, but you can roll right on the website and some people do, and that's pretty easy. It's easy to keep track of sure. what you're rolling but it's I just still roll fun. dice every single time.
0: We just played the other day, a friend of ours put together a campaign for his birthday. Yeah. And I resolved to just print out my character sheet. Yeah, and I, that was the most fun I've had playing in a long time. And I play every few weeks with, a, with a, a group over the internet. And it's just having actual physical piece of paper and a pencil with the dice and doing it that way. Yeah, it's there's something about it just brings you it grounds you into the room, and so I think that that really mimicked that for me that those costumes. There's a tangible
1: element of it yeah. that easily could be digitized, yeah. but it's not, and it and it gives a it gives a groundedness, a reality
0: to the situation. Yeah. So that that is a Oscar moment for sure. They were good too. I mean, they yeah. were well done. Really well done. Puppets, characters, creatures, uh, costumes. I don't know if
1: you'd. It'd be, I don't know if there's like full puppets or if it's, if it's like a, a sci-fi like special effects makeup team, probably both. Yeah. Um, excellent work because it really, I think that bad CGI can really mess it up, mess it up. And, and
0: anytime I see a good puppet, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. I think, uh, the, in that case then, uh, I'm, I'll just switch (laughs) and I'll move to the directing. I thought it was directed really well. And this, this I mm-hmm. guess, speaks specifically to the storytelling element. Um, I don't necessarily want to give it to the writing for all of the reasons that we just talked about, where it's like we're trying to pack so much into the story. Um, but to be able to um, kind of walk the line uh, of game and movie. In that way i mm-hmm. think was really effective and it was a team uh it was two the directed by uh john francis daly and jonathan goldstein mm-hmm. goldstein was the director of um game night game night that's right which i haven't seen but you have yes um, I really liked it yeah and i
1: think that's a very that'd be an interesting one to talk about but yeah um, i think I'm because more it's, a, it's a really and you, I mean, he's clearly a game person, yeah. Like a like a board game, tabletop. There, he's right. I mean, Game Night is very clearly influenced by games, real games, sure, I, and, and very interesting.
0: And I, I think that they really, they were able to infuse, even though there was a lot packed in, lots of feeling, yeah, uh, stories with the small amount of time that they had, and pay homage to the game as well as have this vision of like you know the 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 use of flashbacks the use of humor mm-hmm. to tell the story and move yeah. the story forward i i just thought that they did a really excellent job really good oscar
1: so um i if if you we had an oscar moment for best one word line one exclamation, word exclamation <laughs> what
0: okay you're asking me yeah i'm asking you oh my gosh i don't even know do you have one yeah yeah give me yours so i can jonathan
1: oh my gosh
0: yes (laughs) i forgot oh that's (laughs) so funny jonathan oh it's so good it's the the aarakocra's name is jonathan i guess or Or Jonathan. jarnathan it would have to be like a Something a some sound, a, like an eagle sound. Yeah, like an nothing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh so when they like there's this halfling or gnome that's knows, on the tribunal, sad. I don't know. But when they like grab the Aracochra and like wrestle him to jump out the window at the very beginning (laughs) she just screams out like 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 she's like she's like afraid for him or maybe maybe she's or maybe she's like disappointed in him like she's like oh it's happening again but then it happens again at the end end. when the Hugh Grant character does the same thing and it just it almost it like mirrors that scene and it's yes so funny just this this it just the camera focuses right on this little halfling and she just says it's it's so funny it is so funny i love it my favorite that's good that's good um and then uh uh one more superlative let's say what is your favorite character or favorite sorry creature i meant creature oh favorite creature okay uh Chonky Trunky dragon. dragon. <laughs> yeah, I knew it. <laughs> the Chonky dragon. They meet this dragon who I think is, I f- I didn't do the research, um, and I haven't run into him before, but um, he's like a named actual... character. I think he's like, he's canon oh. in the Forgotten Realms, and he's like a fat dragon, and he's so funny, and they're getting like chased it's out like of scary, this. Bu- it's it's scary, again, but like he's like really so brilliant fat. brilliant that it's
1: like, it feels like a beginning, D D campaign. Yeah.
0: We're gonna make it silly, but it's gonna be a dragon, but it's gonna be a little bit silly, but also very dangerous. Because
1: dragons are big deals in Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. So if you if you come up against a dragon on an early level, it means there's something that's like really holding it back.
0: Right. Yeah. And in this because case Because the dragon will eat you very quickly. Dragons are very quickly. Smart. Yes.
1: They are powerful. Mm-hmm. They have magic. They have strength. They have
0: Everything. a tough
1: they, they they're very hard.
0: So to if this beat. dragon's not getting you, <laughs> it's because it has a huge handicap of some kind. And this time it was because it's uh, this time it's it's chonky. it was because it was so cute. chonky. It was really really cute. It's so funny. I loved, I loved him. Yeah, is good.
1: And all you do, all you do in those situations, early levels, so you have to run away. Yeah, that's it. And that's what, and that's what they did. And they did.
0: And they did. And escaped cleverly. Again, they did. Escaped cleverly. I love that. So good.
1: I liked it. I thought it was good. Yep. Good superlatives. Did you have another one? I uh sounded like you were I was up, gonna I, <laughs> uh I've forgotten I forgotten now. wanted to talk about the chonky dragon. That's Oh,
0: I was gonna just say like favorite um favorite game gaming reference, like favorite okay. rules reference. Uh and I had uh when they they go to the cemetery and they're going to talk to the oh, dead my people goodness. and it's Excellent. like, well, we I have this speak with dead spell. Uh, and so it, it'll wake up it'll be alive and you'll have five questions to ask <laughs> it's like well, why five questions i don't know that's just how know. it that's works our, our, well it seems arbitrary. kind of arbitrary yeah. but that's, it, right. that's that's how the spell works or it's just like yeah you just get yeah. five questions that's it and there's there's no reason it just it just is that way and i just love that they they paid homage to that it's very funny it's very funny
1: yeah good
0: good all
1: right so after the superlatives
0: oh we well, do, we didn't do. do the unearned moment oh unearned moment oh yeah i know we we loved know, it so i know we loved much. it so we much forgotten. we didn't have anything unearned that's not true uh unearned moment yes um mine was uh
1: kind of in in because everything kind of happened quickly i there's there's the a scene at the end this red wizard is like doing this great big spell to turn all of the people of Neverwinter into an undead army. Like mm-hmm. there's this big spell. They're all gathered in this um arena. Yeah. Uh where the 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 um the main characters are like trying to they they escape out of this arena in this big like gladiator duel type sure. thing. Um and as they're escaping, they see this happen. They see this like big spell coming up in the sky and they're like, okay, well we have to, um, uh, we have to save the town. And to save the town, what they do is they use that wand of teleportation, whatever it's called, um, and send all of the treasure that they escape with onto this hot air balloon that's flying around the city so that it draws all the people out of the arena to save them. Yeah. My problem with that is that if anyone saw the weird magic cloud... They'd already be running. They'd already be running. And if if it was that easy for them to just trickle out of the arena, (laughs) for them to be saved, it just, like, doesn't feel like a good... Like, why didn't they borrow the doors then if that was the right. case? Because the second they saw this big old scary spell. They'd be out. They'd be gone. Absolutely. But, like, the town was saved. Yeah. Yeah. Because treasure was falling from the sky. They saw the treasure before they saw the magical big. I mean, it was, in Nor- they, it was so big that they were sailing. They were so far away in this boat yeah. when they even noticed
0: it. Right. They so saw they it was already so happening. So they were so far away. Yeah
1: but everyone noticed the flying gold before they noticed the magic cloud so i didn't i didn't quite yeah that was they, there was a, a it, some
0: rushing right there at the end it seemed
1: again or the it feels like a little moment where it's like oh the dm thought it was a cool way to yeah, save them they so didn't. they made it so they let it work which doesn't actually work
0: story-wise. for a movie right yes. it doesn't work for a movie yeah. it might work at the table yeah. that'd be fun because you're using the treasures you have, you're make you know they keep their promise to give the money back to the town, yeah. and it's like a really oversimplified motivation for the people. Yeah, give them money, uh, they'll see. they'll escape out of the arena. Okay, want the treasure <laughs> they didn't even build it up that everyone is like everyone's like really destitute and poor. I mean, the city looks beautiful, wish, so I'm yeah, not sure. Right, never winter. Anybody's like a a really, nice
1: fancy big town. Yeah, big city until
0: it's you know like burned to the ground. But yes, <laughs> oh, um. Dad. Unearned, unearned moment yeah um i think probably the uh dragonfly moment where it's yeah. and it's it's just the really quick they're just adding in a little dream moment with um edgin 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 uh has a dream about his wife and they're like chasing some dragonfly and she says you have to let it go and it's like okay <laughs> They, and there, really? there's a little oh, dragonfly really? that's shown up There like, is a little dragonfly that keeps like showing up and it's it's, just, it's, and it's like, so it's just it's it's all so fast. it's
1: that it's supposed to
0: be it's a symbol of sure. his wife. Sure, it's a lot of symbolism, but it's 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 just everything is so quick and it yeah. doesn't have the gravitas that I think yeah, a moment like that would need. I agree. Yeah, I think that that would be my unearned moment.
1: Weirdly, the scene between Bradley Cooper and um, Holga, yeah, feels more grounded and earned. It does.
0: It does weirdly. Yeah, and it's like a little bit out of left field. Yeah. And um, speaking
1: of Oscar moments, that's, oh, if, that's we're, actually, if we're going to do an acting moment. Oh, like yeah. Bradley Cooper. I would give that Absolutely. scene is like the and best he, acting. Yeah, in both the of them movie. actually. I And like both, both of them are them. excellent in the yeah. scene. I just was like. So shocked at how good that
0: scene was. It was really Crazy. good, and it's so silly because he's like this little halfling sitting on an oversized chair, like, and he's he was married to this enormous barbarian, and he's married to another, another enormous they, barbarian.
1: Like it's it's just silly, not silly, but like he doesn't play it
0: right. Like it's like no, it's not a ridiculous does.
1: situation. Nobody does, and it's like really it feels really real
0: and yeah. really grounded. And we're laughing I, because we're just seeing it from the outside, but they do it. It's like a totally dramatic real. irony. Yeah rather than yeah we both really liked the movie yeah uh it uh was true to the gamers it was true to uh just you know good old-fashioned action movies very yeah. very funny good performances good design was a bit fast it
1: was a bit fast i think it was a little bit fast the only negative
0: yeah um, but
1: especially if you are a fan or a player of D you'll find lots of little things yeah that and are, go check it out it's, so it's still in
0: the theaters i don't think it's going to be streaming for a little while but when it is it'll probably be on paramount um i was doing a lot of research good for you <laughs> uh so thank you all for uh listening in or watching mm-hmm. if you're watching it you can follow us on the instagram and the twitter and the facebook and the TikTok at then a moment pod Um, If you have any notes or want to tell us our opinions are terrible or awesome, you can email us at thenamomentpod at gmail.com and find us on the web at thenamomentpod.com. Woo, woo. I'm Pavi Prochko, and uh, don't forget to feed your chonky dragon or he'll be very mad. And I'm Colin Funk,
1: and... Always roll a wild magic table to see what life
0: gives you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Then a Moment, a Pavitas production project, hosted by Colin Funk and Pavi Prochko. This podcast is produced by Chicago Podcast Studio. Our opening cartoon was created by You, and our theme song was composed by me, Pavi Prochko. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite listening platform. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Then Pod, all one word, for updates on new episodes and behind-the-scenes content. If you have any feedback, comments, concerns, or kudos, you can email us at thenamomentpod@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Please rate and review us wherever you can. It would help us out a bunch. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.